glad y'all could come tonight. Glad to have y'all come. It's been cool. Well, we have we've had such a wonderful couple of days and many of us have, have had appointments with Terry and his stock evangelism and and just could not seem to finish that today. So I'll finish that another time. But one thing that was kind of on my heart um, over the last couple of days that I want to just spend a couple minutes pointing out to you. You know, we've seen some tremendous things happen in our midst. You know, God has done such a tremendous work of uniting our hearts together, and we really love one another. These Y'all are the best friends we've got. You know, y'all are just wonderful. We love to have you. Enjoy your company. It's so nice when you have church where people, they love to hang out with each other. Sometimes we have to chase them out the door because somebody's trying to lock up and then they're still having the party on the sidewalk out there, you know. But when people really enjoy, you know, being with one another. And and I think that's a tremendous blessing because I think church is supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be like family, you know, and that we can relax and be ourselves and know that we're still loved for who we are, right? And we're not expecting anybody to be perfect, we're expecting us to, you know, be a work in progress. Anybody else a work in progress besides me, right? All right. <laughs> Feel the pain. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know it's, so many Christians are all about destination. You know, when I get this, when that happens, when, 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 then I'm going to be happy, then I'm going to fulfill my calling, then, then, then. And meanwhile, life is passing them by, you know, right here. And, you know, when I was a kid, we used to sing the song in the church in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore and all that kind of good stuff. And when I was a kid, it's like sweet by and by. I don't even know what that means, you know. But years later, I'm thinking, I don't need help in the sweet by and by. I need it in the nasty here and now, right? <laughs> this is where I need the presence of God to come in to help. And and some sometimes it's like we get, we are taught. We get taught things to look for the future blessed hope to the point that you forgot to live your life, you know, right here. I've known people just expecting one of these days, God's going to use me. One of these days, God's coming through. And all that's happened is you got 40 years older, you know. Well, I'm here to tell you, God loves you, but I have a plan for your life. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> you know, it's really, it's really something that we've got, we need to be effective in some measure today, not just next year, next 10 years from now, but there needs to be something of the life of God that is flowing out of us right now that's a blessing to the Lord and a blessing to other people. Isn't that right? And you know, as I was telling you, God's really been moved upon my heart about issues of evangelism and issues of discipleship. And when I look over sometimes people's lives, what I'm seeing is gaping holes in their foundation. And it's just like a kid that, you know, if you ever, did anybody transfer schools when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Do you know that they don't all have the same, you know, plan for what you're learning? You know, the last school you were studying fractions, you didn't quite get that. And you go to the new school and you've got word problems. And you didn't get the fractions down. 
And what's happened is that sometimes in our Christian existence, for whatever reason, we've got some gaps in our foundation. And what happens is when you've got gaps in your foundation, when enough pressure comes, it causes you to crack and fall apart. And I've seen too many Christians that have cracked and fall apart under pressure. And some people under hardly any pressure. And so we're all about getting you a firm foundation, not only a doctrinal firm foundation, but in your mindset and your worldview. Because I believe that if we're going to be disciples, that we've got to come under the authority of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And this changes not only what you think about water baptism, but it changes what you think about politics. It changes what you think about how you spend your money and how you treat your wife, right? I mean, it affects every aspect of life. And for so many years, people in the, you know, we were taught, well, you know, come out from among them and be ye separate, and so don't have anything to do with the people of the world. Well, the problem is that all that does is make you Ill, irrelevant to what's going on out there. When Jesus said we were to be salt and light, we were supposed to be influencing those cultures, you know. And you see, what's happened in so many Christians is they become influenced by the culture rather than being change agents themselves. If you and I are going to be change agents, we must first of all be changed. And where you are right now ain't getting it done. I'm speaking, speaking to myself. I'm speaking to people. Many of you I know for a fact love God with all your heart. But I'm here to tell you it ain't getting it done. You are as far right now as your current revelation and training has taken you. And you got to get more. There, uh, there are people out there that God is moving upon people. We are coming into a harvest. God is moving upon people. And, you know, we're going to be put into situations where you are going to be asked the hard questions, where people that don't know God are going to come to you and say, well, you go to church, right? You're a Christian. Well, what about my problem? What about my situation? Where you are right now is not you're not in a position to really be able to do what God wants to do in the next season of our life. So therefore, we've got to upgrade the discipleship mode. Because just like when, when civilians go into boot camp, they come out soldiers, don't they? They go into boot camp, they don't know how to follow orders, they can't shoot right, you know, they can't even make their bed, right? They come out of boot camp, they can shoot, they know how to take orders and know how to keep rank. They know how to bring order into their lives. It's always funny to me to find somebody real sloppy go to boot camp and come out with this, hey, don't leave your socks on the floor. You know, I always think it's kind of funny. But, you know, there's a transformation that happens. And, folks, we have got to have a more radical transformation because we are the army of the Lord and because God is about to do something in the workplace in the harvest out there, and so those people are going to need the answers and the anointing that you possess. So what do you do when you're in Walmart and somebody has a heart attack right in front of you? You looking for my cell phone? I don't think so. You know, sometimes you haven't got time for that. What do you do when you're at your, you know, you're at the family reunion? And the three-year-old starts manifesting demonic harassment. What are you going to do? You know, you and I have got to be able to know who we are in Christ, know what the Word of God says, and be listening to the heart of God so we can step up and deal with those situations. 
because I'm prophesying to this to you over and over again until everybody believes it. The day is coming when more miracles will be done by the ordinary believer than the Benny Hens. God did not intend for it to stay in Benny Hinn. It intends to be the many-member body of Christ. That means you, whether you're a ditch digger, whether you're a store clerk, it doesn't matter what you do for a living, you're the part of the body of Christ. And so what we want to do is over this next couple of years, we got a plan for your life. We're going to fix you up. Do you know that the military, if you join the military, they got a plan for your life? They tell you when to get up, when to go to bed. They tell you what to eat. They tell you how long you got to eat. They tell you what to wear. They tell you where you're going to work and who you're going to work for, where you're going to live. See, I know all this stuff because we spent a number of years in the Air Force, okay? Not that I'm going to move into a place of control. I'm not, I, I got enough to do with my own life. I don't need to control yours, okay? But however, we want to we intensify and upgrade your training so that you are fully equipped for no matter what life tosses your way. That if you meet a demoniac, you can take care with it. You ain't got to call Tracy. You got, I got this one. You know? If you get somebody born again, you can completely discipleship. That means you get them born again, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, cast out their demons, get their body healed, teach them how to tithe, teach them devotional life, get them plugged into a local church, find out their gifts are, and get them plugged in for service. That's what that's about, you see? And we want to get you fully equipped so you can do all those things. So therefore, Luke chapter 2, having said all of that, at this season, you know, the Bible teaches us in John 3.16 that God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only begotten son. It was out of love for people that God gave his son. Look here at Luke 2. Very familiar story. Um, let's start with, I'll start with verse 1. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census should be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph 
and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. How many people knew about the birth of Jesus? A handful. The most pivotal event of all creation, and a couple of people knew about it. I want you to understand, you cannot despise a day of small beginnings. God is doing some tremendous things inside of this church and inside this region, and most people don't know about it. But I'm here to tell you, it's God, and in the days and months and years to come, it's going to be manifest. So I want to really encourage you. There are all kinds of reasons not to get plugged in and not to fulfill your destiny. There's all kinds of reasons to set aside what God has put upon your heart to do and who he's told you to connect with. But the bottom line of it is God sent his son into an obscure place, a small town. You know, young couple knew about it, a couple of shepherds. That's it, folks. The crowds were there and did not know what God was doing. You fast forward 33 years. Jesus told 500 people to wait at Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. 380 didn't show up because it was an uncomfortable night because CSI was on that night because <laughs> it had to work late because it had all kinds of reasons why not to be there. 380 people missed out on the second most powerful move of God. Mm. Folks, I'm not trying to put guilt trip or anything on anybody. I'm saying to you, don't miss what God's doing because of misplaced priorities, because of thinking you've been there, done that, you don't need anything else. Do not do that because I'm here to tell you, God is, if those of you who have been in this church this past 12 months, have we seen the hand of God tremendously, supernaturally order our steps and move us down? Have we, if you will pull back and just get, you know, spiritual, look with your spiritual sight, you will see the hand of God moving us like chess pieces on a board. Amazing, tremendous strategy. But you know what? Not everybody waits till the end of the game. Some people bail out. Some people let go. And some people miss out on a, on a tremendous move of God because we just find other things to do or we can't be bothered, you know. I'm here to tell you the most important thing for you to do is to love God and find out what he wants from your life. And then with everything that's within you, get yourself in position so that God can fulfill that destiny within you because you will never be satisfied until you're doing the thing you were born to do. You never will be. And when you know, in this right, Terry, when you are doing what you know you were born to do, you can't even call it work anymore. I used to tell people, I'll pay you to let me preach. <laughs> Had a guy want to take me up on it one time. But I mean, that my heart attitude was, if when I'm doing what I'm called to do, it's not work. I, I enjoy it. 
you know, as far as, I don't mean, I mean, it's not drudgery, let me put it that way, it's not drudgery. There is always work, there is effort, but there's not drudgery. And one, you know, the main part of my job is to equip you to do yours. That's my job description. So when I'm watching you get established in doctrine, get healed, get free, begin to turn around and reproduce everything that's been done by the Lord in you and through you, giving that to somebody else, I'm telling you, like, it's watching my babies grow up. It's so much fun. It's really, really rewarding. You know, it's not okay that I prophesy alone. If I can't train a bunch of you guys to do everything I do, then I can't do, I'm not doing my job. And my job is to train you with all the ability, and of course it measures upon, you know, your anointing, your skill set, whatever. But my job is to equip you to do what God's called you to do. So therefore, folks, you need to participate and let me do my job. Let me do my job. All right? Read in the Bible. Find out what I'm supposed to do. How about exhort and rebuke? How about that? Well, I don't think I like that one. It is in the Bible. You know, there's also comfort the feeble-minded. <laughs> I mean, come on, folks. You know, what's my job? Look in there. My job is to train to equip you. In 2007, we are beginning some systematic, strategic plans. We're going to keep a record on your growth and development, and, and we're going to walk you through and get you fulfilled so that you are full and complete and lacking nothing that's the plan you got demonic problems we are committed to help you get rid of those things and make you a demon buster absolutely you got financial problems we're on that we're on it you 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 got lack of knowledge problems you got whatever family we're on it we've got a plan we're going this going to change how some of y'all vote because we're going to mess with your politics. We're going to mess with your biblical worldview. Because if you don't have a biblical worldview, you've not been fully discipled. So, yes, you are, we are entitled to change your opinion with the Word of God. That's what a disciple is. A disciple does not go in to the discipler and say, this is what I want. I'll take one from column A, one from column B. Don't like column C. It don't work that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way at all. Jesus said, come follow me. That was it. Mm-hmm. Come follow me. And so let me tell you something. Jesus told another parable. He said, there was a man who gave a banquet. A bunch of people couldn't be bothered to attend. They had the job. They had, you know, it was, you know, I was tired. You know, it was this that excuses. But Jesus said, I gave a banquet and you wouldn't come. Folks, I'm not talking legalism. Y'all, if y'all know me, I hate legalism. But sometimes in people's, you know, hating legalism, they swing all the way over to the other side of where there is no accountability, there is no, no holding to a standard. And folks, if you don't come to the banquets, I prepare I can't feed you. Anybody ever fix dinner for somebody that don't show up? That happens to be on Saturday nights. I fix a meal. Some folks come and gobble it up and take home leftovers. 
I'd get a CD and pass it out, you know. But you know what? It's like the people, some of what some of y'all the last couple years, people who have plugged in and plugged in emotionally, spiritually, put their money where their mouth is, showed up. I've watched people give up vacation time, everything to receive the banquet that was being provided here. This is who is leaving everybody else in the dust. And if you've been here very long, you know exactly who I'm talking about because they shine. The righteous shine brightly, don't they? And we love to watch it. I'm excited. I want everybody to shine. But I can't make you do it. What I can do is I can provide. I believe that the Lord has given me some clear instruction, some clear plan. And your response is to recognize that, say yes to it, and plug in. Very easy, very easy, right? Because you know what? There's easier ways for me to make a living. I don't do this to make a living. I do this because God told me to. And so, therefore, your response is to, is to respond to what God told me to do. If God told me to put on a seminar, your response is to attend. It's hard preaching. Amen. <laughs> How many of y'all know we need to grow up? You want to be strong? You want to be valiant? You want to be able to cast out devils, prophesy, speak the truth in love, see people's lives transform? Then eat your spiritual vegetables, right? Right? Lord, I just thank you that you do begin many things in obscure places. And Lord, you even revealed it to obscure people. You did not reveal the birth of Jesus to the religious high-ups. You revealed it to a bunch of lowly shepherds. You sent an angelic choir to sing for the shepherds. And Father God, sometimes that we have thought of ourselves as obscure people, of people who do not have much to offer. But God, this is who you use. You use what men call obscurity. You call it a place of divine beginnings. And so, Father God, I ask, Lord, that you would stir and move within all of our hearts, that we would be people whose hearts we're responding to. I'm going to take advantage of every banquet that the Lord God has provided for me in my local church. Whatever the Lord God has provided for me, I want to be there. So I can be fully discipled, fully grown up, fully healed, fully delivered, and fully entering into the fullness of what God has called me to do. Because we've got to get the body of Christ functioning. Amen. 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 Suffer this short word of exhortation. You know, folks, I love you. I don't want you to miss out. If you go to meet the Lord Jesus and you have not done what he put you on this earth to do, you're going to be crying. I don't want anybody to have that experience. And some of y'all have got my footprint in your rear end because I've been pushing some of you and saying, come on, come on, you know. And it may be in the next day, several days, many more of you will have my footprint there because I tell you what else, you know what else the Lord impressed upon me? I got to stand before him one day and give account. I have to give account because he has given me, he has given me, you know, an assignment here. 
He's going to say, I sent you this wonderful young couple here. Did you do your best to get them to reach their destiny? I want to be able to say, God, I did it. The everlast one of them you sent me. And we released a mighty army of healers, miracle workers, millionaires, <laughs> demon busters, humanitarians, benefactors, healers of the breach, compassionate people who live their lives for Jesus and for others. Amen? That's what we're about, folks. We're raising it up. We've seen God do awesome, awesome, awesome things. And we've also seen a number of offenses come up this past year. Misunderstandings have come up this past year. And some people practice being brats. You know what? Some people act like that just to see if you still love them. There's been a few times over the years that somebody was just testing me. They wanted to see if they could act ugly enough if I'd reject them. And sometimes God would not let me rebuke him or correct him. He'd say, just love him. Just love him. Just love him. Other times God said, go straighten him out. I don't really like that part. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, folks, we've all got to fear God more than we fear of man. Amen. So I'm excited. I feel like that 2007 is going to be a tremendous year for all of us. And if this is not your church home, Please plug in where you're at. You belong somewhere else. We don't want you. <laughs> you know, you belong where God's put you. You don't shop for churches like cafeterias. You go where your heavenly commander has assigned you to be stationed. Some of y'all should have gone through the military. It would have really helped you with this stuff. <laughs> okay. Well. <sighs> Merry Christmas. I love you. Hug a few folks, and many of us are exhausted. Please go home and go to bed. <laughs> and remember, no service next Saturday. But do stay in touch. See you online. We'll see you soon. Good night. Good night. <laughs>